Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 13, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? It was a rather quiet day, low participation, low volume, narrow ranging day hanging around where? The big fat round number of 440. A little bit higher than Friday's high, closed inside of Friday's close, right around a big fat number of 440. What else do we have? Well, we have a couple of trend lines on the chart. And the top trend line you can see has a connection point from the high, meaning the all-time high, to the next pivot. And you can see where we're coming up into that area that coincides or crosses over with, intersects with 442.65. Maybe it's 442.58, maybe it's 442.69, either way, in that general zone is where we should find overhead resistance if reached sooner than later. What about the trend line below? Is that important or is it no longer important? Let's talk through that for a moment. Comes from the weekly chart. You have the low from October of 2022. Connection pivot, if you will, from March 23. And you can see how they rode that trend line, cracked it, recaptured it, so we can't say definitively if it's still important as it was before. Really, technically, it's not. But what we do have is a lower trend line now that is active, connecting the most recently made pivot low. Just a little take on how pivots, along with a lot of other things on the chart, is part science, part art form. Who's to say which trend line is more important than the other? We let the market dictate which ones are important, where they are. Now, staying on the weekly chart, let's take a look at what happened recently so we put the entire picture in the right perspective from a 30,000-foot view of the market. She made a low on the 27th of October, had a tremendous week the following week, last week. Not the last week, but the week before. Then last week had what we call a follow-through week, closing weekly above the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart, which is, by the way, the last moving average in the line of defense. What we also know to be true is the trend is your friend until it's over. The trend was down. It flipped. The downtrend, at least from a daily and weekly chart perspective, is over. From a moving average perspective, what is it not over considering? How about the situation where we still have lower highs? You have a high all the way up here. Then you have a lower high just a little bit below, a series of lower highs. You have another Lower high possibility, but we don't know exactly where yet. Is it today's high? Was it Friday's high? No, because today made a higher high. Is it going to be Wednesday's high, Thursday's high, next week's high? We don't know whether they will or will not make a lower high. But what we do know is if she finds resistance at this downsloping trend line, that will constitute 
another lower high. What else is here on this chart from a bigger picture perspective? Let's say Mrs. Market gets to 442.65. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's Friday. Maybe it's next week. We don't know yet. What we do know is that place is important. So we would begin looking for overhead resistance at that place. But what happens if? The big if is what happens if she pushes above? Where's the next logical, common sense place above? Well, you have a breakdown candle. You have a breakdown candle high at 444.97. We're going to call it 445. So another two and a half bucks up, give or take, is a weekly chart breakdown candle high. On the first run up to that area, is she likely to run right through or whistle past the graveyard? Or is Mrs. Market likely to find some overhead resistance from a bigger picture perspective at these places? Maybe not the minute they get there, but when you look at the daily chart and the weekly chart, is she likely to close above on the first hit, for example, on the day she hits? Maybe, maybe not. Closing a week above would be a very, very bullish situation. First time, best time, put that on a sticky note. By the way, just as an aside, we have some data this week. Mrs. Market can move on this type of data. Why? Because everybody's focused on the Fed. The Fed is supposedly focused on the inflation data. So you have the CPI, the PPI, the whatever I certainly can be used as an excuse to move the tape. They often are. Now, did anybody make money today inside the numbers and or in the live room? Post it under the video, please. What we've got from Zero Dark 30 is a synopsis of a schematic-ish type of situation each and every day. You can read the rhetoric and as well as the rest of the notes. Go back to the video. Double check the work on the charts. We're looking at 442.60-ish. That didn't happen today. Just on the upside, if, meaning if they were to run up. How about the first real important place Mrs. Market would like to visit down around 439 to 438.45? That's a support zone calling it a bear pivot zone as well why is that because below or much below the door starts to open for another leg lower stay tuned let's see what else we have as the day really starts to get underway and we get closer to the opening bell how about nine o'clock traders are looking for what's the setup here's the setup the thieves in the morning already ran a test of the zone that's fine we see it all the time we give it a funny how that works situation. I expanded the zone a little bit closer to the opening bell, 439 down to 437.90. Didn't need to expand it, but did expand it. Let's just focus on this. 439 down to 438.45. That's where I'm looking for a bounce back in the other direction. I expanded the zone, but it doesn't matter. We didn't need it. Bounce back in the other direction for a scalp with potential then we have targets stay tuned we think better in pictures right of the vertical is today's activity you see the bottom of the zone you see the top of the zone that was the support zone they came into the support zone they tested it 
They turned around and in slow motion grinded up basically for the rest of the morning session. And then they floated around in the afternoon. It's a morning business. Markets open all day like a store. However, you don't need to shop at the store all day. You go in, you get what you need, you get out. Same thing with the market. It's a morning business. You want a morning trade. You get in, you get your pound of flesh, pocket a base hit, stand up double, whatever it is. You go about your business for the rest of the day. That's the way we treat the market. We pile up the base hits. Why? Because base hits put you in the hall of fame. This was a nice trade that turned into a Whopper Jr. and Whopper for some others. Remember, this was all on the board before the opening bell. 9.34, they're in the showtime zone for a bounce back in the other direction. They could bounce from anywhere in the zone. 9.47, it was slow motion. They're still in the zone, no change. I was holding the traders in the live room's hands saying, patience, they're in the zone. They've done nothing wrong. All they're doing is running a test of a zone. They sucked in some traders at the open. They popped them a little bit, sucked in the Johnny-come-latelys, pulled the rug out, had a morning shakeout operation right into the zone, turned around, went back in the other direction. That's one of our textbook trades. We do it all the time. By 1021, traders that bought under 439 will have booked a profit, base hit, holding a trailer, all that stuff. Now everyone by 1035 has a profit from within the zone, holding a trailer, nice trade. So where are the resistance areas, which means where do I have to take exits? 439.59 was opening range high. They found some temporary resistance there. Then they're going to go to the big fat round number of 440 up to 440.35 or so. Then we have high of day from Friday. All those were put on the board. Here's the high of day from Friday. And what I also said was it's unlikely that they just blow right on through. They'll have a bull bear battle up there. Everything pretty much went as planned today. Nice start to the day, then a nice start to the week. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. So here was the last post from the morning session. As long as they're above 440.93, which was Friday's high, the door's open for higher. A spike is one thing, staying above is another. So they did spike it for a few minutes and they came back down. Now, look at this. Getting back below and closing candles below 440.93 can produce a normal garden variety retracement of the move from the morning lows. Visiting, get this, the big fat round number of 440, give or take. Okay, hold on. Here we go again. Top line is 440.93. They spiked it. They hung out there for a little while. Came right back in to where? 440 is the lower blue trend line, give or take. Then what'd they do? Right back to run a test at the same spot. So you can see how when you have a relationship with the S&P, you kind of have read this book before. The market is acting technically normal. But wait, there's more. We only had two stocks on the move on the board this morning. The market was very slow. There wasn't a lot of stuff moving around in the pre-market. But we will take a look at TSEM, Tower Semiconductor. It did hit its entry objective. And as you can see from stocks on the move, the first entry was 2302. But guess what? The stock opened below it. So all we do is take that target off the board. We go down to the next one, which was 2250. 
They came into it. They spiked it. They turned right around and had a rocket ride back in the other direction, finishing the day right around 25 and a half. How you doing? And here's what I tell traders in the live room each and every day. After you've taken a profit, put a base hit in your pocket, our base hits are five to seven S&P handles or more, guess what? We hold a trailer or a series of additional exits. It costs you nothing to hold it if they don't come back down to your entry point. This is how you get the rocket rides. We had rocket rides today. Now, what's going on over in Camp IWM? Not much. They didn't do anything today. Went up a little bit, went down a little bit, not necessarily in that order. But what they are doing is eating time off the clock for the second day in a row inside this big time last in the sequence breakdown candles. So getting above and closing daily above this breakdown candle breaks that chain and turns on a little bit more of a bullish tone. However, eating time off the clock and not being able to get to the high or the high area builds a bearish pattern for another move lower. What's looming below? Well, below Friday's low, we have a looming gap. Is that gap going to be left alone this week or will that gap be filled this week? The IWM is in a completely different position than all the other markets. Look at the SPY on the daily chart against the IWM. Completely different. QQQ, which we'll look at later, against the IWM, completely different. We take each market independent or each chart independent of one another, and we take each chart at face value. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What are they doing? And each chart looks different from one another. They're eating time off the clock, riding the 20-period moving average in a bullish, flaggish, pullbackish mode. You have a move up off the lows, and you have somewhat of a channel developing here, which is a bullish, flaggish, pullbackish type of situation. So as long as they keep doing this, they're likely building energy for another push higher into the 50-200 moving area average. And then 14,940-950 is a specific important resistance area. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Just to take a glance over at the weekly chart, we had the reversal week two weeks ago. The next week was kind of mundane, if you will. We'll see if she needs to eat some time off the clock to get back above these moving averages on the weekly chart or it happens sooner than later. But these reversal weeks typically don't get reversed so quickly. The Q people, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. There's no problems on the daily chart. Where is she? What's she doing? You have a series of pivot highs that are important. You look over here and you say, well, they haven't got to this one yet. You do it again with the one lower and you say, well, they got to this one. So they're working their way up from pivot to pivot. After this pivot comes what? A gap all the way up here at closing price, 382.79. After that, if they kept going, you would have naturally a spike above 385. Talk more about that if the need arises. Weekly chart, above all the moving averages, anything wrong with the Qs? From the weekly perspective, short answer, no. 
take the market or each chart, each market at face value. How about the monthly chart? We have a lower high situation. However, what we also have is some eating time off the clock in that same pullback pattern that we talked about. Bullish, flaggish, pullbackish, call it whatever you want. This channel is not bearish. It's bullish until they break the chain. They could break the chain in the downside, and that's fine. They'll come down and test the 20-period moving average. But is this building energy for another move higher? This is a monthly chart. These things take time to play out. Who's to say they can't come down to the bottom end of this channel before breaking up at some point in time? But this would be building energy to make a run at the former highs above 408, give or take. Monthly charts take a long time, can't trade off a monthly chart, but it's good to know the big picture. Where are they now? What about the financials looking at the XLF? What's she doing? How about eating time off the clock in and amongst these moving averages that they've been doing for the last several days? And guess what? Doing what? Building energy to make another move higher. Will she come down and fill the gap first, break the chain? We don't know. Take the market at face value. That's not what's happening now. Building energy keeps testing the last moving average in the line of defense, which is the 100 period moving average on the daily chart. Building energy to go where? How about run a test in the higher neighborhood of this breakdown candle? 34 and a half all the way up to, well, we'll say 34.30, which is the high of this candle, 34.37 to filling the gap, 34.49. In that zone is where this pattern would take price if it played out picture perfect. How about Smash Mouth? Anything wrong with the daily chart? No, they're doing the same thing we just talked about with the Qs. Here's a pivot. They got up here. Guess what? That was a stopping point for today. This is a daily chart. Get above that pivot. Go to the next place which is the space in between the breakdown candle high and the gap, that would be overhead resistance. We can call this a little box of overhead resistance up here. You don't know exactly where they're going to stop, but that would be the next place above Friday's high, which is the recent high. It's reading the tape. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.